0: just a heads up, this podcast deals with a missing persons cold case where no arrests have been made or any charges laid. All suspects have denied any involvement and police have confirmed there is still insufficient evidence to make any arrests on the suspects named in the inquest. You're listening to Investigates, the podcast that lifts the veil some of the world's biggest crimes and mysteries.
1: My personal belief is that they weren't of of this world, that they were definitely from somewhere else because I had never seen anything like that at all. There are a lot of people that actually said, what kind of parents were you to actually allow your children, uh, three kids under 10 years of age, to go to the beach that day?
0: I'm your host, April Glover, and this week we'll be looking at a 37-year-old missing person file. ...the case of Tony Jones. It was November 1982... ...and 20-year-old Tony Jones... ...was about to head off on the adventure of a lifetime. Perth-born Tony was about to backpack across North Queensland... He was going to trek from Brisbane to Townsville, then on to Mount Isa, where he planned on meeting his brother, Tim. But Tony never made
1: it. We didn't really know what happened in Queensland. You know, what we know now, yes, that there's always missing persons and and there's always, around the country, a hundred or so each year that just never turn up. And as we learned later, there had been a number of, well in fact, so many hitchhikers missing in that area or killed um, that they changed the laws.
0: As his other brother, Mark, tells us in this episode, he's never been seen since.
1: It was okay when the case was fresh, but it just, it very quickly became yesterday's news. And um, we knew very early on that, that when there was publicity, things happened.
0: It's been nearly 37 years, and today Mark, who hasn't given up hope on finding out what happened that day, joins me to share his story. Mark, what did you and your family think about Tony going on this adventure across the outback?
1: Uh, Look, you know, I was um, 21 myself, and, yeah, I didn't really give it two thoughts. I mean, Tony didn't head off from home uh, to go on a hitchhiking tour, he went off with some mates in a car, and it was only you know six months or so later that his mates returned, and Tony decided to head up from Sydney uh, up north, and that's when the hitchhiking started. So my memories of it is it that I didn't have any concerns? I can't speak for mum, I'm sure she was concerned about having her baby on the road anyway or, or being away. But you're right, you know, there were different times and those things you didn't think about too much.
0: Tony was very diligent in ringing home to his parents, Berris and Kevin, on a regular basis. On November 3rd, 1982, he hung up a payphone in Rosley, Queensland, after a chat and never contacted his family again. Mark thinks that only hours after hanging up, something sinister happened to his brother. His body has never been found.
1: You know, when we realised that things had gone terribly wrong when we hadn't heard from Tony for a little while and he didn't make a rendezvous that he was supposed to make or call when he was supposed to, and we feared the worst, we took the time to write down our last conversations with him. Uh, So I'd spoken to Tony, well... Probably a matter of hours before. A few days later, we I wrote down my best memories of that. But certainly, those words still are strong in my mind. Tony gave me a very brief update on on where he was. He'd travelled down from Cairns to to Townsville. Uh, he said lifts were hard to get. It it had taken him three days to get down, or a couple of nights, which he'd spent. Uh, on the beach because he was pretty much out of money. I I joked about where he was going to sleep when he got back because I'd taken over his bedroom and we talked about um, one of his favourite bands that I was off to see that week, and that was it.
0: After that last call, Tony was supposed to meet Tim, his brother in Mount Isa, and give him some of the $150 his mum had kindly deposited into his bank account. After the days of no answers turned into weeks, Mark and a few members of his family left Perth and travelled to the outback of Queensland to retrace Tony's last steps. Was Tony one of many people missing at that time or was it kind of a rarity?
1: Look, that's a good question. I I guess uh, we were only worried about the one missing person Mm -hmm. at that stage. Um, I guess there weren't any that we knew of that were missing, feared, murdered. But, you know... We weren't able to jump online and and Google it. it you know, we were thousands of kilometres away or thousands of miles away, and um, we didn't really know what happened in Queensland. You know, what we know now, yes, that there's always missing persons, and and there's always around the country a hundred or so each year that just never turn up. And as we learnt later, there had been a number of, well, in fact, so many hitchhikers missing in that area or killed um, that they changed the laws.
0: And what were the pieces of evidence evidence or clues that Tony may have left behind that you trace back or, or the police trace back to try and find some evidence of him
1: Well look uh, before we even left Perth we had contacted the bank uh, now one of the one of the things that really concerned us was that when Tony called on the third we told him about Tim and Tim's plight. And we said, look, we'll, we'll put $150 into your account, you know, take what you need, but you know, get to Tim and give Tim, you know, the bulk of it. Now, Tony had been withdrawing 6 or $7 each day, and his final bank balance was $2.99. So clearly, he had no money on him. But the telling factor was that $150 was never touched. And... We know, we spoke to him at nine o'clock on the Wednesday night. We know that the first thing he would have done on the Thursday was queued up at the bank, ready to to get hold of some money so he could buy some breakfast and and continue on his way.
0: This was the clue that sealed Tony's fate. How could the 20-year-old have survived for the last eight days on less than $3? Mark and his family knew something terrible had happened, whether he was killed in a tragic accident had simply gotten lost and succumbed to the elements or been stalked by a killer. They knew their brother and son was dead.
1: That was never touched and that made no sense to us. So that was the first uh, vital clue. We knew also that he hadn't picked up his doll check that was due uh, two days after we spoke to him. And we were also able to track down the phone box that he he made the call from. So this was all information we were able to give the police when we arrived. But unfortunately, we really had nothing after that. We went home to a phone that never rang and it was just silence and it was, it was devastating for us not to, to have news.
0: So your family did go home some weeks after, after arriving in Queensland and finding no sign of Tony. Where did the investigation, did it stall there or, or what, was, what was next?
1: it did stall there Um, some weeks later or a month or so later the police did a couple of couple of the detectives went out to Mount Isa and did some investigations going through but there was nothing positive uh, that came out of that so look on, on one hand we were frustrated and on the other hand we sort of felt that well you know if there's no clues there's no clues you know and and you know, so we understood that it was difficult for the police.
0: While the investigation grew cold, it took a year before Tony's family learned about more chilling information. The clue came in the form of a hastily written letter. I
1: believe the body of AJ Jones buried in or near Fullerton Riverbed
0: within a hundred yards west south side Flinders Highway.
1: But that's all we had. Now the letter uh, the, the police did conduct a search of that, riverbed, um, which which turned up nothing. However, in the time between them receiving that letter and the search being conducted, uh, there was apparently about 20 foot of water went through that, that river. So I guess whilst we have to believe the police when they say that search was thorough, I guess we'll never know for sure whether there was anything there. But the letter was always intriguing to us because it used both of Tony's initials where all, all the publicity to that point had just referred to him as uh, either Anthony or Tony. So it, it has always intrigued us how that the author of that letter um, knew Tony's second initial.
0: After the letter came another huge clue. A witness claimed to have seen Tony Jones having a drink with an older man at the Rising Sun Hotel in Townsville. The man appeared to be dressed as a station owner and was apparently putting up Tony for the night. In 1992, a decade after Tony went missing, police finally released an identikit of the man. Several calls made to police led detectives to one suspect, a former bush cop. He was never investigated and he won't ever be. As he died in two thousand and one, it's incredibly frustrating that these these clues that appear to be really big and that sort of should have led to something resulted in you know going nowhere. Did you have your own theories at this point that perhaps Tony was met with foul play?
1: Oh well, look, we we when we left Perth, you know, ten or eleven days after last hearing from Tony, we did so, I guess, knowing that Tony wasn't still alive. You know, the other thing with the letter, you know, uh, w- we discovered that there had been uh, cases whereby the DNA from the back of a lick- licked stamp was able to uncover uh, and solve a murder case. And we made inquiries a few years ago with the police about the possibility of having the, um, the, the envelope of the Lockheed letter tested. And we were told at that time that um, it wasn't possible that they didn't have the technology to do that. This was about the time that the inquest uh, was about to start or about to be opened. As the inquest unfolded, we then find out that they had lost the letter and they had lost the envelope Mm. in which that letter came. So that now is gone forever.
0: Who, who do you we think authored the letter, Mark? Was it, do you think it was one of the suspects that are currently under investigation or was it someone perhaps that knew something that just needed to get it off their chest?
1: Um, look, that's a really good question. Uh, I don't believe it, it, it was the murderer. I, I'd say more likely somebody that knew the murderer or knew something about it. We have this thing at our fingertips waiting to be solved, mm. and we just need some resolution from the authorities to do it, but trying to find an explanation for Tony just simply not calling us when he was supposed to, and nothing made sense um, so yeah we we I guess a considered that he was dead, and I, I guess really the most likely. A reason for that would have been foul play, although, you know, there was a possibility that, uh, you know, maybe he'd been bitten by a snake or had met with some accident. But it just seemed less and less likely, particularly once we saw the lay of the land up there, uh, which is very open uh, sort of territory once you leave Townsville. We couldn't see how his body wouldn't have been discovered had he died in some sort of accident.
0: And we all know the, the fate of a lot of us, uh, backpackers around Australia. Uh, did you ever consider the possibility he was a victim of a, of a serial killer at some point, at large in Queensland in 1982?
1: Absolutely. Look, I mean, you have to keep an open mind. But you know, one of the things that always, you know, always stumped us was what was the motive. You know, we knew of other murders there through that area. I mean, that that highway is you know, being dubbed in the media as, you know, the highway of the highway of hell. Mm. Um, there's been, you know, 10 or 12 murders between Townsville and, and Mount Isa. But generally, women or children. And Tony really was the standout uh, sole male in that group, adult male, the young adult male. So he didn't really fit any of the other murders that, that were known along there or disappearances.
0: Now, we're going to skip forward a few years here. Mark mentioned the word murderer. After an inquest in 2002, it ruled that Tony was dead. And in 2014, fresh information led police to believe Tony was murdered in Hewenden, a town in Queensland. The family of missing hitchhiker Tony Jones has expressed relief at the news he was murdered because at least it's an answer.
1: So much has happened April in that time Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, There was an inquest held in 2002 that was conducted without the family's presence and when we uh, obtained the transcripts of those through Freedom of Information, um, we saw that it raised more questions than it provided answers. So we lobbied for a second inquest which was granted and opened in uh, 2010 and um, it was three years into that Inquest uh, while we were waiting for the hearings, that we were advised that the police had uh, a compelling new lead. Uh, in fact, the counsel assisting the coroner described it as, as had the best chance we would ever have of solving the case.
0: In the 37 years since Tony was last seen, there's been two inquests, a catalogue of missing evidence, suspects have been ruled out and narrowed down to two. Mark has revealed police think they know exactly where Tony was killed and subsequently buried. The second inquest found that Tony's body may have been burned, reduced to ashes and disposed of in slaughter yards in Huendon. The
1: last thing we expected more than three decades on was that there would be suspects. it It was not a word we'd heard almost in the whole time Uh, between Tony going missing and that second inquest starting. Um, And so we were kept in the dark for the following year or so. Uh, Now we see it was because they were conducting uh, covert investigations. Um, They had a couple of suspects and um, they had a team on the job and were taking it, you know, extremely seriously
0: Investigators and Tony's family believe he was picked up by a group of young people and taken to Hewenden. Whatever events transpired that night, it ended up with Tony dead and his body disposed of. Two suspects have been named in the inquest, and Mark hopes it will finally lead to a conviction. Justice for his brother has never felt closer.
1: It's been a hell of a ride since that time. We now believe the evidence against the two suspects. Um, who have been named in the in the inquest? Um, Kevin Wright and John Eastoff, uh, both formerly of um, Hewenden, uh about 400 k's east of um, Townsville, have been named as suspects. We believe they did kill my brother, and we've got evidence now that we believe will uh, will lead to their arrest.
0: After Tony went missing, the Jones family felt incredibly helpless and alone. In 2019, we have a great support network for the families of missing persons. But way back in 1982, there was almost nothing. So Tony's other brother, Brian, decided to start something really special.
1: So five years after Tony vanished, my brother Brian wrote a book. And um, yeah, the book was called Searching for Tony. Brian felt that, you know... Our story needed to be shared. Uh, I guess it needed to be documented as well. We, the family had been uh, so meticulous in keeping all, every newspaper article and every piece of evidence that, that came our way. Um, and now here it was documented in a book. But at the time that it was launched, Brian also conceived the idea of having something, some mechanism for other people. To get publicity for their missing loved one, once that initial uh, burst of publicity had died down, because this is this is what we found the most difficult thing to do was it was okay when the case was fresh, but it just it very quickly became yesterday's news, and um, we knew very early on that that when there was publicity. Things happened. People talked. People came forward. We knew it was our best hope of ever finding answers. Mm. So Brian conceived this idea of, well, initially it was going to be Missing Persons Day, but he had a chat, uh, a, a fortuitous chat with uh, Ida Butros at that point, and she said, "Oh, look, you know, why don't you make it a week?" And and as far as how you go about it, you just declare it. Mm. So. <laughs> From that point on, Brian said, oh, well, I declare this this week from the first Sunday in August as Missing Persons Week. We would all love to bring him home. Whether that will happen, I I don't know, you know, but uh, I think one way or another, there has to be some sort of justice in
0: this. How does a person just go missing, vanish into thin air, disappear off the face of the earth? In Australia alone, there are more than 38,000 people reported missing each year. While most of them are found soon after, those who remain missing are added to the Official Australian Register. As it stands, there are over 2,600 long-term missing people. Many, like Tony Jones, will never be found.
1: As of October 2019, there have been no arrests or convictions in the case of missing hitchhiker Tony Jones. A $250,000 reward remains on offer for any information which leads to his disappearance being solved. Anyone with information is urged to contact Crimestoppers on 1800 333 000.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to rate, review and subscribe. Don't forget to pick up a copy of New Idea magazine or visit newidea.com.au. If you have a story or a case or something that you think needs further investigation, contact us at tips at pacificmags.com.au. Thanks again and see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.